This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is another edition of Philly Slam, your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, July the 13th, and we come off a day with no Phillies baseball. The first day of the All-Star break. No one playing any baseball last night outside of the home run derby. We'll get to that. Uh, and, of course, the All-Star game tonight. Zach Wheeler, we were hoping, we'll get the call to start for the National League. He will not. Max Scherzer getting the start, even though Wheeler is having a better season than Max Scherzer. We're hoping to get the... All Phillies battery to start off the All-Star game with Real Muto getting the start as well, but that would not happen. Muto, the only Philly in the starting line. We'll get to the All-Star game in um, a little bit, look ahead. Um, and quickly, last night, uh, home run derby. It was fun. You know, I, I think the new format, for the most part, I like it. I like the, uh, it adds a little intrigue. It makes it a little more interesting round to round. I thought last night the swing-off between Soto and Otani was just awesome. And the fact that Soto in his swing off, the swing off, if you're tied after two rounds, it's just three swings. And Soto went three for three in homers was really wild to watch. It was very neat. It was very clutch, it felt like, for something that ultimately doesn't really matter. Um, ultimately, though, look, it was, a, it was a good time, especially in Colorado, seeing the balls fly out. Uh, I, only complaint, I guess, with the format is that because of the timed you know, it being timed in the situation, you can't kind of just watch the balls majestically. You got the split screen thing going on, which is the only complaint. I think otherwise it's more fun than the old way, and, and I'm on board. Don't love the Pete Alonso's the king of it. <laughs> That's less fun. Alonzo, back-to-back home run derbies wins. Uh, one in 2019, then none last year. Wins it again this year, being Trey Mancini in the final. Uh, but on the whole, it was fun. I still think... The home run derby works more than it doesn't, but it is not you know what it used to be. Uh, but I had fun watching it last night, so uh, a little long. I need to tighten it up a little bit, but otherwise, uh, not too bad. But enough about that. Let's get to what we really want to talk about, and that is our Philadelphia Phillies. We'll look ahead to the All-Star game later. But um, I wanted to take today, and look, we got a, uh, a few days here without Phillies baseball, so a bunch of things to get into over the next few days. I want to look at where the team is from a stats perspective, who's living up, who... We need more from all that type of stuff. Look ahead. We are now, I mean, you know, we've talked about the trade deadline in this, you know, ineffable way, this, you know, thing that'll happen at some point. Well, we're just about two weeks away from it. So we'll definitely get into some trade deadline stuff over the next few days as well, as there's obviously a lot of questions. I think that's going to be one of the predominant questions with the Phillies is how do they attack the trade deadline and what does the team do over the next two weeks? To put Dave Dombrowski in a position to make an easier or harder decision in that uh, that quest, so to speak. So we'll get to that later. But today I want to I want to focus on some positives. You know, I think that as we've talked about this Phillies team, and rightfully so, more often than not this year, it has been 
with frustration rather than excitement. Um, this team, again, as we've hit on so many times, has teased us and made us think that they're going to make a run and then not actually made a run and you know, lost in infuriating ways and the bullpen has lost games and this and that and all the... All the things that you, you know, expect from a Phillies team the last few years. Um, But I think, as we talked about yesterday, as we talked about heading into the weekend, for the first time all season, or at least since the start of the season, it feels like there's there's real reason for optimism. We got excited with the the, uh, three walk-offs in a row four straight wins there and all that. And I think that's the only other time since the start of the season there was any real excitement about the Phillies in any sort of tangible way. And I feel like right now is the other time. And it's because, look, they've won three series in a row, which is great to see for a team that, again, as we've talked about multiple times, a team that has not gone on a long, sustained run yet or proven that they can go on a long, sustained run of wins. So that is something that we need to see them do before we're going to believe they're going to do it. So if they're not going to win, you know, 15 in a row or 12 in a row or 10 in a row, they need to win series consistently. They have to consistently win series and continue to inch their way above 500 and further and close to the top of the division and all that. And that's what they're doing right now. They win two of three against the Padres a playoff team, a very good baseball team. They go on the road, which against anybody, as we know, has been a problem for the Phillies. They win three of four in Chicago, granted against a spiraling Cubs team, but three of four against Chicago nonetheless on the road for the Phillies. That's progress. And then they go into Boston and lose the first game and then find a way to gut out the next two, particularly that Sunday win. And take two or three against Boston, the best team they've won a series against all season long. The best team they've won a series against all season long, I'll say it again. And they did it on the road in Boston, in enemy territory, which has not been friendly to the Phillies this year. I think that does cause for a little, call for a little bit of optimism with this team, especially considering the fact they're only three and a half back. You know, they are... They did what they had to do to be relevant right now at the All-Star break, to be a team that is quote-unquote in it. Now, thank God they're in the division they're in, and we'll get to that. But the Phillies are in it. They're legitimately in it, and if they can carry this style of baseball, especially because the style of baseball we've seen over the last couple weeks is the style that we've expected them to win with, right? You know, we've talked about it a bunch, but if this team's going to go on a run, if this team's going to have sustained success— It's going to be because the offense carries them there. They are a team that has to be carried, driven, pushed forward by this offense, and we've seen that the last couple weeks, week and a half, and that's that's the biggest reason for optimism you can possibly have is this lineup getting back to what we thought it could be, what it was last year for the most part, and the potential that it has because the potential is top 10 lineup in terms of run production. They were last year. The talent is there to do that. You look one through eight, every other team in the National League, there are other teams that are better. Obviously, the Dodgers, that lineup is quintessentially better, and, and so on and so forth. But but it's up there. You know, it's a lineup that can compete, and it's a lineup that I think just man for man is probably the best in the division with the Braves losing Acuna. I think, you know, the Mets is close, but I think man for man, the Phillies lineup is probably a little deeper, a little tougher. So... You know, that alone, that's reason for hope. That's reason for optimism in this division. And 
on top of that, if not only can the offense stay hot and start to string it together and stay healthy, because obviously I think that's the, the biggest thing that's different now that hasn't been for the majority of the season is they got everyone there. You know, D's there, Harper's there, JT's there. You know, they're all there. It's it's everyone's healthy. Segura's healthy. You know, it's is a true difference maker for this team um, to have all these guys back and ready to roll. And you hope that not just the lineup continues to produce, but that it becomes the identity of this baseball team. Because again, it has to be, and it is the the thing that is um, uh, presented the most fun, the most. You know, the, the Homer hat, all that stuff, like the most energy for the team. It's just the thing that makes this team go. And again, they have so many deficiencies in other spots defensively, you know, back end of the rotation, bullpen, that they need the offense to help make up for those deficiencies. They just do. They need this offense to show up and, and put the team on its back. And the last couple of weeks, that's what it looks like they're starting to do. And that's huge. That should get you excited. Because if this offense is legit, top 10 in baseball legit, from a run production standpoint, all of a sudden you can see a path. You can see a team led by a top three of Wheeler, Nola, and Eflin with that lineup doing some damage. Maybe winning a division. That's not the most far-fetched thing in the world. This team has felt so far from a true contending team all season long that it's hard to wrap your head around the idea that maybe they could turn into that. Baseball scenes are long, you know, and, and look, we're more than halfway through. We're getting there now. It's starting to be the time where you can't say that anymore. But but on the whole, the point is, is that sometimes it takes teams a little while to put it all together. You know, again, and and they didn't go this long uh, being mediocre, but that Nationals team, of course, that won the World Series a couple of years ago, 19-31 and 31 to start the season. We all remember the stories, and then they put it together, and then they were the best team in baseball over the last two-thirds of the season. The Phillies have not done that, but the Phillies could put it together and be a good team in the second half. I mean, that's super believable. They've been a good team over their last nine, seven to nine, right? I mean, they've played much better baseball. So, you know, I think this is a, a real opportunity for this team. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this team's opportunity right now to start to turn the page a little bit and and maybe give us a fun season. You know, we've, we've had such depression and frustration from this team that, you know, I think you should be excited about where they're at right now from a production standpoint. There are other reasons to be excited too, other reasons for optimism. One of them we've alluded to, but is just such a clear one and probably the biggest one, if we're just being honest, it's the division they play in. You know, I mean, just is what it is. They are lucky to be in the NLEs. Let's go through. We haven't looked at the standings across baseball, but just to get an idea of how lucky the Phillies are that they are in the division they are in. Um, so the Phillies right now are in second place, alone in second place. A half game up on the Braves. They're two and a half up on the Nats, and then the Marlins are five and a half back of the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies are, of course, three and a half back of the New York Mets. The New York Mets at 47 and 40 out in front of the division. The Phillies at 44 and 44. Atlanta at 44 and 45. Washington at 42 and 47. And Miami at 39 and 50. So again, just for a frame of reference, the Phillies are 44 and 44. Let's go with the rest of the National League first. NL Central. The Brewers are 53 and 39. So, 
if the Phillies and Brewers were in a division, and this is quick math because the uh, Phillies have played less games here than the Brewers, um, but the Brewers are, uh, again, the Brewers have nine more wins than the Phillies, nine, and they have five more losses than the Phillies. That means they'd be about seven and a half back if they were in the NL Central. So three and a half back of the Mets, seven and a half back there. The uh, Phillies would not even be in second there. Cincinnati Reds are 48 and 42, so they would be a full two games, uh, two, excuse me, two and a half games in front of the Phillies, even for second place in that division. NL West, I mean, we all know, but it's it's blatantly obvious. But the Phillies, um, the Giants are 57 and 33, excuse me, 32. I'll repeat that, 57 and 32. Best record in baseball. Um, the Dodgers are 56 and 35. They're two games back. And the Padres are 53 and 40. They are six games back of the Giants. So the Phillies at 44 and 44. Again, basically the same record as the uh, the Brewers. They'd be seven back if they were. They'd be seven back of third place if they were in the NOS, the Phillies. Um, and the Phillies, if they were in the same division as the Giants. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? If the Phillies were in the NL West right now, they'd be 12 and a half games out of first place. 12 and a half games out of first place. They're only three and a half games out of first place as it is. And then look, I mean, it doesn't correlate, obviously, because it's the American League, but same situation if the Phillies were in any of these divisions. I mean, the Red Sox are 55 and 36 in front in the NL East. Excuse me, in the AL East, that means that they'd be uh, 10 games up on the Phillies if they were in that division. The White Sox at 54 and 35 leading that division. That means that they would be nine games up on the Phillies if the Phillies were in the AL Central. And then the uh, Houston Astros at 55 and 36, same record as the Red Sox. So, uh, and, and that's not even, look, the second place teams too. I mean, the A's are 52 and 40. The. Uh, Rays are 53 and 37. Even the third place teams like Toronto is Toronto is 45 and 42 and the, the Yankees are 46 and 43. So what that means is that there are four teams in the AL East to have a better record than the Phillies. Four. Four. Same thing with the AL West. The AL West has the A's at 55 and 36. The excuse me, the Astros at 55 and 36, the A's at 52 and 40, the Mariners at 48 and 43, and then the Angels at 45 and 44. And grant they've played one more game than the Phils. The Phils could would only be a half game behind the Angels, but think about that. The AL West, the Mariners and Angels have better records than the Phillies. The Phillies would be the fifth place team in the AL West or the AL East. It's crazy. It's nuts. So, to sum up, thank goodness they're in this division with a mediocre group of teams. It's so funny. We talked, oh, NL East. Look out. Never mind. Um, run differential-wise, the division, uh, funny enough, the Braves actually have the best run differential in the division, but the Mets plus nine, the Phillies minus nine, the Braves plus 19, the Nationals minus 15 with the lowest, and then uh, the Marlins are plus 17 of the second best. Um, all pretty close. Not too much to deduce from that. Um, the Phillies, as of now, 24 and 16 home, 20 and 28 on the road. So improving that road record for what it's worth. But I think, you know, clearly you look around baseball, you look at these divisions, and we look at this Mets team, which is an eminently beatable, handleable Mets team. Um, you know, this Phillies 
team is incredibly lucky to be in the division they're in. You know, of all the reasons for hope, and obviously the team just playing better, it has to be first just because it's, you know, without that nothing happens. But, man, it's not far off. I, I think the, the, the NL East is the single biggest reason we should say thank you, baseball gods, this season because it's the single biggest reason for hope that they're in that division. Because, again, as we went through, in any other division in baseball, they're at least seven back. And in most, they're like 9, 10, 11, 12 back. You know, I mean, again, they'd be 12 and a half behind the Giants. 12, that's over. Season over. If they're in the NOS, the season's over. They're 12 back of the Giants and six plus back of the Padres for the second wild card. It's over. It's done. We're sitting here on July 13th saying, Welp, trade, sell everyone. Let's go. This is done. That's what we'd have to say. But, and at least. All right, one other thing, and uh, we've talked about it a lot and have not actually taken a look at it, but the other, in my opinion, big reason to feel positive about the Phillies in the second half of the season is the second half schedule. And I know that could kind of sound like a hokey thing sometimes. Oh, they had a hard first half schedule and an easy second half schedule. And it is hokey a little bit, but facts. Like, just look at the schedule, man. The first half was tough. By opponent win record, and that's Paul Boyer put this out on Twitter. Or excuse me, Paul Hembakides put this out on Twitter. Too many Pauls. Paul Hembakides put it out on Twitter. By opponent record, the Phillies had the toughest first half schedule of any team 500 or better. So any team they're they're really competing with outside the Braves, who are you know a half game under 500. Uh, the Nationals under 500, obviously they're on division. Hardest schedule of any team 500 or better. In the second half, they have by far the easiest. That matters. Like, let's look through the schedule, and I'll just—I won't go. You know, I'll—I'll I'll go through every game, but I won't—you know—dive into specifics of, of you know, all home road all that stuff. But they start with four against the Marlins, okay? And that look—that is the general worry when we look at this real quick—is you know the Phillies beating the teams they have to beat. That's a whole separate discussion about the Phillies in recent Phillies history. But you know, look, the Marlins—the Marlins. Like, if they got to beat the Marlins, as always. But four against the Marlins, handleable. Uh, three in New York, or excuse me, two in New York against the Yankees. Already took two here from them. Four against Atlanta, and that's the other thing. I mentioned it quickly, but, you know, it sucks for baseball. Um, I hate it. Ronald Acuna is one of my favorite players to watch. He's on my fantasy team. You know, too bad for my team. Um, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, em- empirically, you can't argue that it does help the Phillies. Ronald Cunha tears his ACL, done for the season, sucks for baseball. I'm bummed about it. But in terms of just bottom line, it definitely helps the Phillies. The Braves lost their best player or, you know, one of their two best players in Freeman and him. So um, it's a big loss. So four at home against Atlanta, that's a series that is easier now. Four at home against Washington, that's a big stretch of baseball. Especially because, so you come out of the break, with four at home against, uh, so this is big because the Phillies start out of the break with, out of their first sixteen game, excuse me, fourteen games, twelve are at home, and they're all against NL East opponents. I mean, what a start to the second half, especially because it leads up to July 29th. So we're talking before the trade deadline. It's four at home against Miami, then two against the Yankees in New York, four at home against Atlanta, four at home against Washington. Boom. Season made one way or the other. We'll do the trade deadlines up, but that's fascinating the way it plays out. But then, three at Pittsburgh. Easy. uh, Four in Washington. Manageable. Three at home against the Mets. Manageable. Dodgers come to town for three. Dodgers are tough, but it's here. 
Three at home against Cincinnati, manageable. They're a good team. Then you go and face the Diamondbacks for three, one of the worst teams in baseball. Three in San Diego, less than ideal, but you got to finish that series out. You took two or three here. Then you got two against Tampa. Now is where it really, this is where the Phillies make hay. The very end of August into September. The stretch run, as they say. Um, you got four at home against Arizona. Arizona, again, one of the worst teams in baseball and a horrible, horrible, horrible road team. Three in Washington. Three in Miami. Three in Milwaukee. Big road stretch there. The, the three in Milwaukee, the only ones you're really nervous about. Then, four at home against the Rockies, the actual worst road team in baseball and a horrible team. Three at home against the Cubs. We know we can handle the Cubs. Massive series, September 17th through the 19th. Three in New York against the Mets. And then you get seven straight at home against the Orioles and the Pirates. September 20th through September 26th. Seven straight at home against the Orioles and the Pirates. If the Phillies are in it then, that's that's the season. That's how they can win this whole thing in terms of division. Then they finish out on the road with three in Atlanta and three against the Marlins. Like, that is manageable. That's doable. That is a schedule that when you go through it, you see a lot of Pirates. You see Diamondbacks. You see a lot of Miami, which I know, I know, I know, but still. I know, but still, that's what we're going to say. Some Rockies on there. A lot of Atlanta and Washington. Obviously, you got to beat your division opponents, but man, that schedule is doable. Like, you can win with that. This is a real reason to be optimistic when you look at what they did in the first half and the the battles they had to face, the the teams they had to face, the way the schedule shook out for them. It was not ideal. It really wasn't. And this second-half schedule looks so much more manageable. So when you put it together, the team playing better baseball, starting to look a little hot, the offense, most importantly, bringing it. Starting to feel like a real deal offense. The offense that we expected to see coming into the season. You add in the fact that they're in the worst division in baseball without a team that you feel confident in. Honestly, like I- I've thought the Braves at some point would turn on, then they lose Acuna. That's so big. It's huge. What a massive loss. Schwarber's hurt for the Nationals. The Mets are the Mets. They're still the Mets. Until the Mets find a way to not be the Mets, they're still the Mets. So, you know, there's still a lot there from that perspective. And again, the Mets team, good pitching, but but certainly not a juggernaut of any kind. Again, they're 47 44. I mean, this is not some, uh, not some, uh, ma- excuse me, 47 40. They're not some massive, uh, not 44, obviously. That's what the Phillies are. 47 40. I mean, that's not some massive juggernaut team. You know, and then you add in this schedule, man. I'm getting myself excited about the Phils right now. It's real. It's possible. Now, look, they could come out of the gate and lose, you know, three of the first four of the Marlins, and we're like, yep, that's the release team we know. But they could also come out and carry this on and play a little good baseball, and that would be really exciting because they got a chance to give us fun September, which uh, a few weeks ago I, I would not have bet on. I mean, I was talking trade everybody. And uh, pull me back in a little bit. Pull me back in a little bit. I like it. This is fun. This is exciting. And uh, obviously, over the next couple of days, I want to dive deeper into the schedule, but also, as we talked about, dive into the, the trade deadline stuff, where they're headed, what needs to happen, especially with how the schedule shakes out prior to the trade deadline. A lot of fascinating stuff 
there. And of course, tonight, the all-star game. Growing up, obviously, it meant so much. It really did, you know, to see these players, um, especially when, you know, I was a kid and aging, dating myself here. But, you know, you you never saw the AL and the NL play against each other, other than the World Series. Like, it really had an added significance to it when I was younger, where it was like, you know, seeing these these guys face off, these these great pitchers face off when I was a kid, you know, Roger Clemens versus Tony Gwynn or, or you know, whatever it was. Like, that stuff was cool because you didn't see it at other times. So um, not the same luster it used to have, but, but it's still the all-star game, and it's still fun. And we root for the National League, so go National League because we're Phillies fans. But look, um, you know, Max Scherzer versus Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, all, if nothing else, you get to watch an all-star game where the starting pitcher for the American League is also their leadoff batter. That is super cool, super unique, and certainly, certainly not something I ever thought I would see in my lifetime. So that alone, worth tuning in. Uh, either way, we'll definitely talk about the all-star game tomorrow, react uh, to what happens tonight in that game, and then and then we'll look ahead and start to get more excited for the Phil's trade deadline, all that good stuff. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.